That's what I'm talking about, son. Get you some of that. That old pie. Woo-hoo! Looky there. There's your bug-eyed big one right there. Getting started. We're getting started. Here's what I'm talking about. Gosh dang gorilla. Let's go, baby. Straight meat. God, look at that big one. All right, everybody, welcome into the Bam Pod. I'm your host, Big Ed, and on the line tonight, we've got a guy who's, who's been, oh, I don't know, everywhere. Let's see, MLF, Bassmaster, you name it, he's done it. 28-year veteran, Mr. Randy Howell. Welcome into the show, sir. What's going on, Big Ed? How are you doing tonight? Oh, we're just chilling out here. Um, finally got a nice little break in the weather, so we're sunny again. It'll probably be 95 this week. We'll all die and melt, but, you know, whatever. Let's go. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about what you've done out there um you've been kind of you know cashing checks and you know wrecking people's feelings and um <laughs> you know going out there and and doing it man i mean you've been doing this a long time and you know you went out to the heavy hitters and um you qualified for the heavy hitters that's a that's a feat in its own right there but you did it in dramatic fashion you know you had a little bit of a, a you know some some might say a large fish to get in there. Um, <laughs> so, you know, once you, why don't we talk about that a little bit? You know, we're, we're fresh and um, fresh off of this thing. And, you know, you got some stuff coming up next. Uh, is it this week or next week? I mean, this week um, or next week? Yeah, we start, we start practice on uh, Sunday, Mother's Day, and it goes through the following week, the whole week next week. Okay. So, um, you got that coming up on let you said Lay Lake. Um, nah, oh, no, no, Gunnersville, Gunnersville, here at home. Right. Yeah, right here where I live. So I get to stay in my own bed and be at my own home. So it'll be a great, great bonus next week for that one. Oh, yeah. How how far is it for the launch? Oh, I've got launches all over the place within five ten minutes away. So it's all good and convenient. <laughs> and I got a dock to put my boat in if I want to. Keep it here, but the lake is so big you have to run all you have to go all over and launch at different places just to cover it all. But it's a it's a great great place to do it. Okay, well uh, let's let's so jump yeah, back to get back, 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 back to heavy hitters. Yeah, let me tell a little backstory on heavy hitters for those that don't really know mm-hmm. uh, what it is. It's it's a special event Major League Fishing created uh, I guess three years ago, and it's re- on the Bass Pro Tour, and it's really a great great event that kind of rewards and gives you something to push hard and look forward to for catching a big fish in every tournament. So not only if you get big bass in the tournament, you get the extra, you know, like a thousand dollars per day. And then I think it may be 3000 or 5,000 for overall big fish in every tournament. But, uh, in every event, seven bass pro tour events out of with 80 guys, uh, our biggest bass we catch during that tournament week is recorded. And for seven events, you add all seven of those big bass up, and that fills out the top 30 out of 80 guys for heavy hitters qualification. So last year I caught, I started the season last year with a 12-14, which was record, you know, tour record, my record fish, and that that kind of gave me a about a pound and a half, you know, jump start on everybody else. There it was a couple 11 pounders caught in that same week and then it like fork after that so i still had to keep catching a big one in every tournament and i had a pretty good year for the catching a good fish every every week and uh, so i won the heavy hitters 
bracket last year, uh, which you don't get any extra money for that. Unfortunately, I wish they had had an award for that since I finally win. I win stuff a lot of times that don't have any any money involved. I don't know why, but uh, if we could. So, I, so anyway, getting in that event was that's how we did it. So then we fished it last week in Louisiana, and it was on the two lakes that we. Uh, that I set the records on last year, so that's why they went back to those big fish lakes, Caney Lake and Bussy Break Lake in Louisiana, West Monroe, Louisiana. So there's a big fish place, but we just hit it a little bit later than we needed to post-spawn and had some cold fronts during the post-spawn time and just made the fishing a little slower than it would have been, I think, and we had a lot of pressure on the lakes since we put them on the map last year with all those big fish caught. More people are coming from everywhere to fish those lakes, and there's tons of you know, I had the lake record when I left there last year, and they've broken that lake record, I think, four times since then, oh, and it's wow. like at 15, 15 pounds and change now. And uh, so, great, great way to start a big event. And heavy hitters pays twenty five thousand uh, dollars in the first round, two days of fishing for each group of guys. So thirty guys, fifteen guys fish the first round. A group A, group B, fifteen guys. So all you got to do is catch the biggest bass out of those 15 guys for two days and get 25 grand and uh dakota a bear caught a nine pounder both days and he and he ended up winning to 25 grand and then my group the knockout round i won the i got into the knockout round with 16 guys left trying to make the top 10 for the final day and the, the big bass on that one knockout round day is, was fifty thousand dollars and, uh, and that day was a very tough, bright, bluebird, sunny day, a weekend where lots of boat traffic and nobody caught one bigger. And I caught a six pound, four ounceer about midday <laughs> off of bed, sight fishing, and really didn't think when I caught it, it was no way that that would hold for 50, 50 grand. So I didn't even think about it. I was just happy to catch a six pounder and move up into, into standings for the day and in hopes of making the top 10 to fish the final day. And uh, lo and behold, by the end of the day, I kept catching more fish and took the lead and won the round and nobody ever caught a bigger than bigger than six, four fish that day. And I won 50 grand. So man, it was an awesome <laughs> blessing and big bonus. And then it, it actually, then that helped me move on to the final day there at Bussy break where I caught the 12 pounder. So I had high hopes going back there in hopes of catching another really big one. And that final day, 10 guys, only one bass, paid a hundred thousand dollars for one bass that day the biggest fish and so brian thrift ended up catching a nine pound seven ounce or only one he caught that day but he he got a hundred thousand dollars for it so yeah. just an amazing event general tire and bass pro shops um and a few others put up the extra big money for that and that's why we fish out of the tour boats in that event and wear the tour sponsor jerseys and it's kind of a, a trade out deal because of all the money they put in there for bonus. So it's really a great event and one I hope to make every year. Now, now part of that event is that one is uh, a qualification only, no, no entry fees or anything like that, right? That's your fishing Correct. basically. Yeah, yeah for free. it's a free one. Yeah. Yeah, that's so right. That, and, and everybody gets four grand, I think, for being there. So it's good. Wow. I mean, that alone is just enough to want to make it every year. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, Junior uh, Alton Jones Jr. won that thing, and he got what he got a hundred thousand dollars for winning. So I mean, yeah. you're, you're, yeah. you're I mean, not your odds, but your your chances. I mean, you're, you got a chance of walking out of there with what uh, two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars if you did a, yeah. had a you know had a great event for free. Yeah, if you could have swept <laughs> it, it would have been yeah, exactly right. You could have had a clean sweep, which would be 
almost impossible in this sport probably, but you yeah. know, Jacob Wheeler could do it, you know, <laughs> as much as he's won, but he didn't do it this time. So yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's exciting just knowing that's opportunities there. And uh, we fished three events this year so far, and I've caught a pretty, pretty good one in all three events. So I'm in like fifth place uh, yeah. going into this fourth tournament here at Gunnersville for heavy hitters for next year. So I'm happy about that. So hopefully I can keep catching those big bass. When, when you're out watching the Bass Pro Tour live stream, uh, which is really well, the best live stream in the game and very, mm-hmm. you know, informative and it's very addictive. It's hard to ever quit watching it if you ever start. And, <laughs> it but it, it, you'll hear guys say, I got my heavy hitters fish or man, that's a heavy hitters fish. If you hear that people using that term, that's why it's so important. That's what guys are referring to when they say that. Yeah. Um, what do you, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't researched this and I, I probably should have, but what has been the lowest fish caught every event to like, you know, and still make it? What do you think? What do you think the smallest fish has been? You know, it's like, as you said, you add up all seven of them, but somewhere in yeah. there, there, there are guys catching, you know, like their biggest fish is only a four pounder or five, but they still make it. Yeah. If there's a, it's an average, you know, it just right. averages out. Some places are higher and some places are lower, but mm-hmm. at the end of the year, uh, you just have to take whatever 30th place is and the total weight. And if it's, if it's uh, 30 pounds, seemed like I don't remember what the numbers were last year because yeah. I was in first. So I never right. looked down at the bubble <laughs> line, which was good. Yeah. And, but but I, it seemed like it was 30, 30 plus 30 something pounds. So you think you had to average, wow. I feel like you had to average nearly five pounds or over five pounds per fish per tournament. Uh, to get in there and and that and that might not be correct. It might have been thirty five. It might have been thirty five or thirty eight pounds. Yeah. Really, I don't know for sure. Yeah, that'd be something to look up and see. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun to see what that what it, what you'd have to go out there and just to just to like you know because it's kind of like the NBA playoffs. All you want to do is make it. Once you make it, what you do after that's all on you. So that's right. Um, that's yeah. exactly right. So it and it and um and it definitely it definitely pushes you to try to. To push hard, I mean, y'all, everybody's trying to catch a big fish every cast, but still, right. you're more conscious of it, and it makes you a little more mindful of everything you do every day, in, in hopes of, you know, just catching that fish over, you know, over five pounds. Because usually, yeah. if you just, you know, if you catch one over five pounds, you're gonna be, you're gonna be right there where you need to be about everywhere you go. Well, you know, and I was gonna say that because, you know, now with the new, um, you know, the format change, and a little different is it do you think it's easier to kind of think uh, to look for that one bigger fish as compared to yeah. maybe in the old times when you were or in the in the original times when you were fishing for just every fish could count as long as it was a legal size every you know every scoreable bass yeah. counted it was that was is it easier now to kind of focus on that bass angler magazine is your guide to better bass fishing Bass Angler is dedicated to helping you catch more and bigger bass no matter what time of year or where you live. This is not your ordinary fishing magazine. Every issue is jam-packed with 30-plus articles from the world's best bass anglers. Bass Angler magazine is available at BassAnglerMag.com, Tackle Warehouse, Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's, Gander Mountain, Walmart, and Better Tackle Shops everywhere. Bass Angler also makes a great gift for any angler. Get Bass Angler today and start catching more bass tomorrow. Visit BassAnglerMag.com or your favorite tackle shop. This is not your ordinary fishing magazine. BassAnglerMag.com.
it's absolutely you know easier i hate to say the word easier in this in this group of anglers <laughs> right no such thing is easier but but what what you're saying and what i'm saying too meaning that you can mm-hmm. be more uh thoughtful of trying to to target a bigger fish and not get behind you know before exactly you tried to even think about throwing a big swim bait or or fishing real slow flipping flipping you know targets and things like that when there's fish out in the open water guys are catching on this live scope at the target stuff then you could get behind really quick and couldn't catch up so now with the five fish deal you know you can kind of work it a little bit more mm-hmm. uh toward catching bigger fish do you uh, with that with that change like that it, do you feel because you just said something there that I, I really think is interesting in that you know, like you said, you're fishing against some hammers out there and these guys, you know, you give them a, an inch, they'll take a mile. So yeah. if you're, if you're not, you know, keeping in the flow, but now with the five fish, every lake pretty much, I, I don't want to say every lake, you know, has a, a limit that you get to, but there's pretty much a limit on, on what a, what a lake's going to put out. You know, you're going to Gunnersville now, it could be 30, yeah. it could be 35, it could be 25. Does that mm-hmm. give you a little bit of um, a sense that, hey, you know what, I know there's a 30-pound bag in here, and I'm sitting on, you know, 20 pounds right now, and I know that the leader's, you know, sitting at 27, but there's still a 30 in there. Does this change give you that confidence of, hey, I've got some time to get to the where that lake's going to put, can put out 30 pounds, I think I can get 30 pounds, you know, yeah, is that there now? Yeah, it definitely gives you that uh, sense of of knowing what to expect and what it is to be expected. You know, where you might, before with no limits, we in the in the past we right. you know if you if you fished in Group B like me, like if I was in Group B, the first day we are off and we watch Group A on the score tracker all day, and and everybody's you know anxious at by the end of the day to kind of find out what's good. Uh, on this lake right now what's mm. going to be good on this lake and and when you had that no limits deal you didn't know if it was going to be a hundred pounds <laughs> first place that day and then what was the cut going to be gonna, was the cut going to be 40 pounds that day and then if it was 40 pounds you were going to know what to expect the next day when you go out you know you got to catch at least 40 pounds if you're going to mm-hmm. be in the cut because that's going to be about average so that just put a lot more pressure on you to know you got to catch that many fish every day and especially when you didn't have a good practice you got them to keep wondering what you got to do to figure it out or what did you miss why weren't i why wasn't i catching them like those guys catching them you know so now the five fish i call it restrictor plate fishing uh <laughs> referring it to nascar you know because that's basically what when, when we put that that out there that just put it puts a restrictor plate from anybody running away from the field or getting on a big school of fish out there on the active target and just mopping up on two to three pounders or something you know uh, and right. it just lets everybody kind of and lets everybody play their game and their art and their craft because everybody has a you know not everybody but there's a good bit of guys that have a uh, an, an art to one specific technique or style of fishing you know a lot of, you know there's some guy yeah. like a randall tharp is known as a flipper and a big fish flipper and a slower style fisherman and there's handfuls of guys like that, especially the older older guys that have been around a while like me. Um, there's, you know, but but think with me, I, I do a lot of different things and and you know and try to do different stuff. But it kind of helps me even now to get back to what got me 
into being a pro fisherman and how I've made a living for 30 plus years doing it, yeah. you know, fishing my strength. I don't have to go out there and chase every bite, you know, and try to do, do all the things that I was doing to try to compete. Um, yeah. but at the same time, like I said, I've said before, at the same time, that format the past three or four years has made me the best tournament angler I've ever been in my career. And that's, that's amazing to say that at 49 years old, because, you know, in basketball, football, any other sport, you, you max out on your age and you pretty much start going downhill and then fishing yeah. is not like that, you know, completely. And that format pushed me to be better. It made me faster, more efficient, uh, more mindful of every little detail that I got to do to hurry up. I can't relax. You can't sit down and take an eating break, you know, unless until except for your 15 minute breaks that you get. And it just made me faster and better. And now, and it's made a lot of us better. That's why now with the five fish deal, you're even seeing guys catch better five fish limit weights as a whole because everybody has gotten to be a better angler because of that format in the past i think yeah i you know it's for me you know as as one of the observers it's that's you know sitting there watching you guys fish out there and seeing these on the events it was always interesting when this when this first kind of came around that you would hear because something you just said was you know this you know randall tharp's known for this and and you know uh different anglers are all known for different things. You know, it's kind of like, you know, Ishman Rose known for frogs. Skeet, Skeet Reese was mm -hmm. known for this, you know, crankbait, swim baits, yeah. you, know, you name it. But it was always interesting to me was when you were watching it, you'd go out there and some guy like Takahiro was out there and he's, you know, oh, you know, he, he starts lighting up the board. Oh, he must be doing this. Or, oh, this guy's lighting up the board. He must be doing this. And nine times out of 10, that's not what they were looking at all. Yeah. It was, you know, they, they, they figured something else out. I mean, I think the only guy that I ever saw was, um, what, you know, that was just really, everybody was like, oh, he's throwing a swim jig, you know, and there, and there's just, and it's just like, that's what he was doing because that's, you know, uh -huh. what he does. And it's like, but that was kind of the neat thing is like you said, it made you a better fisherman because you had to adapt. You had to figure out what these fish completely wanted you couldn't just sit back wait for your five and say hey i'm yeah. gonna get five on a jig today you know because that's what i like to do that's right that's right it made everybody have to be versatile more than we've ever been in the past and try to and it, so it stretched everybody and it stretched everything we've ever known as tournament anglers and, uh, and especially that stretched the limits in our own mind, because that's one of the things, you know, I always, always respect and looked up to Rick Clun a lot over the years. And one of the, and he's, he's like a, you know, real, like the old EF Hutton, when he speaks, you better listen, kind of old commercials from the old days. <laughs> and right. uh, when he said, and he used to say um, that uh, the, the, you, the only limits that we have is what we put on ourselves. Uh, and that, that's really the limits that we all fished under for years. And, you know, that's what, you just thought, well, that's the best I can do, and that's the best everybody else is doing, so that's kind of the way it is. And then when this format came about on Major League Fishing, we started seeing the guys excel and just run away from us. Like, you know, I always say Jason mm -hmm. Wheeler because he won Angler Year two years in a row, and he was really he really dominated that format. He's won more than anybody in the sport just in five or six years in Major League Fishing, and, and it just that uh, that pushed us all to be better and it made me want to be better. A lot of guys get mad and want to make reasons, excuses and all these other things because he's beating them so bad. But I, I simply 
applaud him and think it's amazing that he can catch them like he does and i want to catch them better too and it's that's why i've gotten better at it too so it's it's exciting for me and it's kind of brought my passion back and re reignited the fire in me that i had you know all my career i went through a little little slump there for couple of years during that COVID year, I actually got COVID bad that first year and had to miss a tournament at Champlain, got double pneumonia and had to come home and just had a really bad, that whole season went downhill. And I finished like right at the bottom of the standings for the year. And, uh, and then, then last year was the year to come back from that. And I had a good year and made heavy hit me one heavy hitters and made the red crest event. So that, that whole, you know, coming together of all that with the format and the push and the change just really helped me just get better and love it more. You know, you know, you, with you saying that, um, you know, coming up and, you know, you're ending at the end of the year, you know, you're 40, what, 47 at the time. 49. Yeah. 47. And yeah. Yeah. At the time. So did you, did you ever look at that? And, you know, you, we've got what Kevin Van Dam's leaving the sport. Shaw Grigsby's leaving the sport. Um, there's some guys in it. No, they're not leaving the sport necessarily, but they're leaving the competitive side of it. Did you, mm-hmm. did you, when you had that kind of go on, you know, you're, you got sick, you had some, did it ever cross your mind to think about retiring at that point? No, it, it crossed my mind that uh, you hear those, the enemy voices in your head saying, mm-hmm. saying, saying stuff like that, but I never took it all at all to, uh, to, my, to, to my soul, you know, to say, cause I know, I still had a lot of fire left in me and a lot of passion for it. And, uh, mm-hmm. I was way, I feel way, I feel way too young to even think about retiring in, in a way. Uh, and I don't, and I'm one, I'm a different than some people, you know, I don't think you even should retire anyway. I mean, I feel like I'm going to just fish until I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and, and that's why you see our sport. The guys are so many guys that are older, yeah. That just keep going and going and going, you know. Van Dam's really one of the only people that really ever do something like say he's retiring. Everybody else is kind of just finally fizzled out and not as competitive anymore. Like, you know, Shaw is still, you know, he, he mm. just finished at the bottom of the standings, I think, a few times there maybe. And him and Paul Ice were a few that got bumped out with the with the attrition right. of people falling out and the new guys coming in from the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit. And it just really, um, but he's gone to the pro circuit now and he, right. you know, he just had a top 10 last week and he's 65 or better years old, I think. And then Paul Ice is like 71, 72 and he's over there still fishing away. So that's oh, yeah. the great thing about our sport. You can just keep doing it and loving it, you know, and even though you can't be as good at it as some of them, you know, you still keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's, that's guys like yourself. I, I love when I see guys like yourself who are so, it's you're passionate, you know, you caught that 12 pounder and it was like a kid, you know, yeah. it's just like, Oh my God. You know, I mean, what do you do with that? It's the biggest fish, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, it's the biggest mm-hmm. fish you've ever caught. I'm guessing. Yeah, um, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just like, Oh my gosh. And you know, you did it in Louisiana. So it's, I don't know that that place is yeah. really, you know, this is a, this is a question I was going to ask you because you, because you did that because of heavy hitters and all this, before we move on to Gunnersville. But what do you think, like, there's some lakes out there that have been, one, have been getting a lot better. Two, you guys have been seeing a lot of new lakes. Have you, re- do you really think that we've seen some of the best so far? Are there more to come? And what are your favorite ones that you love to fish? 
Yeah, the the good thing about another good thing about our major league fishing style, we have 80 anglers and mm-hmm. we only fish 40 anglers on any given day. So we can go to smaller lakes and smaller venues than Bassmaster can with you know with 100 100 boats every day. So uh, and that's how that's kind of helped us get get into places where other people haven't fished just like those lakes in louisiana those lakes are way too small really to put a hundred boat tournament on although they do it every weekend on local <laughs> tournaments there in yeah. high school they say but i it's a nightmare you know five thousand acre lake with that many boats so i love going to these new places and we really and you know and that's a good thing too we all the anglers on the 80 angler tour we have uh three tournament we we pick three lakes and or in rivers or lakes in every state mm-hmm. and when we have a survey they send out and the selection group sends out and we send in our ideas and our thoughts about lakes we think would be good lakes and then the the our angler board you know sends that out and and starts to vet through it and then mike malone and the the team that puts the terms together with the tourism people they start going and looking for you know, seeking the, the, the sponsorship and the money and things like that to come to an area. And there's a lot of good lakes and areas that we that we'd like to go that probably never will go because they don't have any money in that tourism department. They don't spend money to bring us there. And it still comes down to money because that's how we got to make a living. They got to run a tournament. So uh, but but we will get to go fish a lot of places that other tourists doesn't get don't get to fish. And that part's great. OK, um, you know, and that's that's. I think for me and watching some of the events, I, I, you know, I love to see when people come to one of our local lakes and now I'm out in California and I know you guys will probably never come out this way. Um, but it's, it is one of those things. It's really nice to see them. You know, it's like, come out, show off. It's kind of like us showing off, you know, what we have to offer. And the other side of that is that, you know, you, you guys go out there and it always gives us something to aim at. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know, you guys yeah, come out and rack up 25 <laughs> to 40 pounds a day. And it's like, Hey, I've never caught anywhere near that, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. you know, it gives us something yeah. to shoot at. It is a lot of great lakes out West. Unfortunately, it's just so far out of the norm for the 92 to 3% of the yeah. tour anglers that are from Texas back East. You know, uh, and, and when you, oh, yeah. when you put that that much, it you know, would cost of everything, especially in California, oh. as much as everything costs too. It's a it's mm-hmm. a just a losing proposition when they have a tournament out there. So I'm kind of glad that we haven't had any on our tour out there. We had several of them with Bassmaster back in the old days, and I always once I got there and put up put went through the three or four days of driving to get somewhere. Once you got there, it was great fishing and enjoyable time and then but it's just the money even when you win a even if you win a ten thousand dollar check in a tournament and yeah. uh you still you still lost money after driving out there two weeks and staying and doing all the stuff you did so it's just a you know it comes down to the dollars and cents but man the lakes oh, yeah. out there are great and there's a lot of great lakes all over the country that we pass by going mm-hmm. to and from everywhere that hopefully we'll get to fish some of yeah hopefully it's 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 just another um great point about what MLF, MLF is doing right now and the way the way they're approaching things and you know giving you guys the opportunity to fish lakes that you haven't before or have heard of and like would love to fish but don't get to until you go to an event there um yeah but you know let's let's talk a little bit of, you know Gunnersville's coming up you're gonna mm-hmm. be at home there's always the curse out there there's always you know hey hometown you know and you're not 
Um, I don't know. I don't know what that kind of that curse really is as far as that. I mean, I know a couple guys have broken it or, you know, have, have gotten close. Um, you know, so what do you, what do you really feel like? I mean, this is, this is your home water. You get to go home, sleep in bed and all that. Is that, is it too much comfort? You know, Rick Clun used to say that speaking of, you know, speaking of Rick Clun, he used to say that, you know, this is a guy who used to sleep on the edge of the lake in a tent so mm-hmm. that he could feel the barometric pressures up and down and what these fish went through all <laughs> night long. And, you know, he put his, yeah. his mentality into it that much. Um, you know, is that, is it a real thing? you feel some nerves going into this one? Bash you, folks. Information is pouring over. If you want to learn more about every lake, how to fish shallow deep in between, skipping docks and rocks and cranking, slow wiggling, chatter smattering, you get it at Bash U. We got the best of the best. If somebody's ever caught a bass on something and perfected the technique, we got you covered. Get on Bash U TV, check it out, sign up, be a member, be part of it, folks. Keep learning. I'm Gerald Swindle. Subscribe to Bash U. You know, I probably, I definitely feel a little more, um, probably a little more nerves if you, if you want to call it that, just because of the, of the expectation and it's expectation, it's a little bit of expectation from everybody else, but it's also a high expectation I put on myself because, uh, I do know, have more knowledge about this lake than, than most of the field, not all the field, but most of them, but I've only, but I am a transplant. I moved here seven years yeah. ago. And I don't fish here very much when I'm home because when I do come home from two or three weeks on the road, I don't feel like going fishing for a week or two before I have to go do it again somewhere else. So it kind of keeps me from uh, from fishing here a lot. But I love it. It's got so many bass in it. And, and so you really want to show out and do well, especially, you know, I won the Classic here in 2014. I didn't live here then. And then I liked it so much here. I, we moved here a year after I won the Classic. So... Uh, <laughs> You know, so so, but but like you say, the the comfort, um, the definitely the comfort of it, and and the distractions of everything around home, uh, kind of gets you a little bit out of your element. Because when I go to a tournament somewhere, I don't have nothing to focus on but that tournament, that lake, that week, and I'm by myself. Usually, my wife, my boys used to travel with me all the years, and now my last one's in high school playing basketball, so my wife hadn't been able to travel the last couple of years, and so I'm by myself and I'm focused on everything detail wise and I'm not distracted, but here at Gunnersville, I've got to be careful because I got all these people, all these neighbors and friends and all these people around, you know, and I live on the lake. I got a garage with all my tackle, my equipment. I'm actually sitting in my boat right now doing this, you know, podcast with you and working on tackling here. So I do have to be careful to stay focused and not drift off or get distracted. And the, and the other thing with me is, is versatility uh, sometimes can be a be a blessing and sometimes it can be a curse because uh, mm. I'm I'm versatile to a to a point of sometimes not good because I can't you know I can if you can catch fish doing six different techniques uh, I want to do all six of them a lot of times you know I have a hard time focusing on one <laughs> and uh, it's kind of the ADD fishing as I call it I'll jump around and do this that, and other but you can do that on this lake so well you can catch them so many different ways here I just got to be careful to pick the right horse to ride all week and not you know not do the wrong thing and, and catch fish and not catch big enough fish that's what I got to thought be you know thankful thinking about more than anything yeah definitely um 
you know, I, I recently got to go out and fish that lake and it was such, like you said, it was just such a pretty lake that, you know, to fish it and the way to fish it. And how, how would coming from out here, you know, we talk, we talk about, we have some big lakes, you know, we've got the Delta, we've got the, we got the clear lakes and that. I was blown away at the size of some of, mm-hmm. the, of these waterways out there. I mean, Gunnersville is massive. Um, I mean, it yeah, just yeah. felt like we were, we got on the road next to it. We launched clear down uh, past the little, the little store down there. And, and I mean, it was just like, we just kept going and kept going and kept going. It was like, good gosh, there is so many places to launch so yeah. many places to fish every place. You know, it's like, kind of like driving across the Delta. You're just like, no, oh, that looks good. Let's stop here. No, that looks good. Let's stop there. You know, and you, yeah, you it all looks good. I know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like you said, and the you amount can, of the grass. Fish. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can fish for and you can fish here for days and not catch any fish. I mean, that's a it's a yeah. lot of dead water on the lake. And that's what happens to a lot of people that come here on their bucket list and come here and you know, look forward to getting here and they get out here and start fishing. And if they come at the wrong time of the year or they come here and don't have but a couple of days and the weather's not good, or especially if you come and you don't get a guide or get some real good information to get in the right part of the lake, you can go out there and fish grass forever and not get a bite i mean it, it can happen real easily so you gotta uh and that's why and that's why i love this lake too because like you say when you came it's a just a beautiful place the, the rolling mm. hills here and the you know the foothills rolling hills here at appalachian mountain area then you got the tennessee river and it goes all the way into tennessee um yeah. and it's 75 to 80 miles long uh and it's and it's you got ramps all the way along the way. So you could actually you could go around there and just put in at a different creek and fish it like a whole nother lake day after day after day and never see the same water twice for for a long time. And that's what's so cool about it. Yeah, it was interesting to see how many little like it, it just seemed like every little point that went out on that lake had somebody had gone out there and built a launch ramp. Let's launch here. It's oh. all free, man. If it was California, they'd all be 20, oh. 20 40 bucks, wouldn't they? Every <laughs> one of them. I love about it. Yeah, I oh. love it here because it's all oh. free. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, that for anybody listening who, who's from here, I mean, we know. <laughs> I mean, it's like there is probably only, I can only think of maybe one place, uh, and it's, you know, Clear Lake. I mean, you've got some free launch ramps there. Other than mm-hmm. that, you're paying for everywhere else out, you know, to launch. When we got back there, it was, I mean, I think the highest I saw was like five bucks, you know, uh-huh. and, and, and yeah. I, I'm looking at going, who cares about five bucks? And they're mad that it's five dollars. You know, it was, yeah. it was super, it was super <laughs> interesting to see, um, you know, to see that kind of going on. It was like, no, it doesn't cost anything. This is our lake. We pay for this with our taxes. We pay for this with whatever. Why would they charge us again? It's like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> that's good old old alabama man one of the reasons i moved here from north carolina this is a great state to live for all the reasons taxes and you know people food you know waterways everything it's just a real good reasonable place to live raise a family yeah that was when we went back there we kind of did the same thing you did we looked at it was like wow this is a really nice place it's beautiful here the fishing the amount of fishing in the area I mean, bass fishing is not secondary. It's definitely first. And it is it is amazing how many lakes are. Like you said, the Tennessee River system alone, it's like you can fish in the, what, three or four different states um, mm-hmm. on the same body of water. You just lock through the next one and lock through the next one and lock. And it just keep on going. It's like Kentucky, yeah. Alabama, Tennessee, you know, all the way out. Yeah, um, that's right. 
it is, it is crazy how much you guys have out there. But getting back to Gunnersville a little bit, you know, you've got we're talking about how good it looks to fish and how much you know. But then again, there's dead water and there's there's this and that. You know, don't don't give away anything. I don't want you know. I don't want you to be out there telling it. But you know, let's talk a little bit about some of the fun. You know, the, some of the ways you really like to attack that lake and go after it and see catch some of those fish that are out there. Because I've seen a bunch of different ways guys are catching fish. Yeah, that, it, that's the thing. The grass is very healthy, and it's all over the lake. There's all types of vegetation, so mm-hmm. there'll be there'll be one there'll be multiple grass patterns that happen anywhere from zero to 12 feet, you know, and there'll be, you know, shallow top water type fishing going on here, there, swim jigging and uh, chatterbait type stuff. And then there'll be, you know, the deeper edges of grass where you can still use three quarter ounce chatterbait or one ounce spinnerbait and even, even cranking edges of the deeper grass and, and even plastics, you know, flipping and throwing worm type stuff on the edges of that eel, eel grass. Uh, and then, but, but one of the, probably the more, I feel like the more dominant, with our group or yeah. it's going to be offshore because we've got so many great anglers that are offshore anglers with the electronics, you know, and that's yeah. one of the things that, that just opens my eyes more and more that I want to learn more about and get better at and, uh, is the electronics game. And this is a lake you can play the game on better than as good as anywhere because there's so many big bass that just swim around in the abyss out there following bait fish around and nobody's ever known they were there until we get active target and you start scoping around out there and you you see them and and so that's something i'm still i'm still trying to get better at it. my son laker's 21 years old and he's a licensed guide here on gunnersville and he's fishing toyota series and also the tackle warehouse pro circuit he qualified through last year for hmm. so he's fishing that all those tours and trying to be a pro as well but he's a guide here and he's a young guy so he's really good with electronics and he's helped me uh, you know, two years, last two years, he's really helped set my units up on my boat and taught me how to set them up correctly, fished with me several times, and we've played the games out there on the screen and gotten confidence in it, and I've gotten a lot better at it because of what he's helped me with, and uh, and so that's going to be a big factor here. We're going to have a lot of fish getting caught out there on the scope type fishing, and uh, probably in that, really in that, mm, I'd say, really probably 12 14 foot down to 20 22 foot range that's going to be a lot of fish caught in that depth range probably wow um i i think i mean you know you know what it is out here and you know 20 to 22 foot is just Mm -hmm. such a it's such an interesting thing because it's does it just seems so shallow um, it's like mm-hmm. some of them, that's just some of them in mainstay that we fish. We don't have grass lakes like that as much, except for maybe Clear Lake and, and the Delta, but, um, you know, for the most part. So it's, it, it, it's interesting to think of and to see what you guys are going to be targeting. Um, you know, we, I like this time of year, you know, we have such a, it's such an interesting thing because, you know, you're coming off of some lakes that were, I haven't paid as much attention to the weather there but I know that the spawns, I, you know, I've got good friends that live there and um, fish Chickamauga, fish, you know, uh, Gunnersville, fish, you know, all these big lakes back there. And they talk about, you know, we're in that position where the spawn's starting to get over. You're starting to get into that post spawn, but you still have everything going on right now. Do you feel like that's going to be going on at this tournament at Gunnersville? 
Yeah, I think I think there will be a lot of that going on. Even though we had a little bit of an earlier spawn earlier in the spring this year, we had a real big warm up in February, and uh, I was in South Carolina, and we had a big spawn that happened there on Clark Hill Lake that kind of caught me by surprise, and and uh, and I didn't even get on the bite till the second day after I had a bad first day, and then I caught them on beds the second day, and and, and nobody's hardly ever caught them off beds. In South Carolina on a major lake like Clark Hill in February and we did and then I had people back at home here you know posting pictures of catching bed and fish on Gunnersville February 28th you know wow. yeah. um, and that's so rare so we, there was a small probably a small spawn that happened then and then March probably had another good spawn and then April we had a lot of cooler weather a lot of cold fronts this time in April and I think it kept the water temperature cooler than usual so we we had a, we probably didn't have as many spawn in April as we normally do, and it might have held some of them over to spawn here in this May moon. And we just had the full moon this week, May fifth, and okay. probably had a lot of fish on beds right now that they'll probably be going off while we start fishing next week. So I I don't I don't foresee it being much of a spawn tournament at all. It's probably going to be mostly a post spawn tournament and an offshore tournament, and uh, but oh. they'll also be they'll be fish in all stages to be able to catch and that's the thing about this lake that surprised you i never say never because as soon as i do <laughs> you know somebody goes and catches 30 pounds you know uh you know up there in two or three feet of water seeing them swimming around you know because they chase right. brim beds around a lot and the brim and the brim bed pattern is a real big pattern here that's pretty known so it could be some of that too uh you know with saying that um uh, i one of the things that I know happens is that right after they get off those beds, when, once they stop spawning like that, there's a little bit of a window in there where they don't really want to bite anything for a minute. They're looking and they're just like, wait, I got to recover from doing all this activity, from spawning, from getting all these eggs out, from, you know, the bucks are a little more active sometimes, but, you know, it drops the weight of the fish down. Do you see that possibly happening while you're out there? Maybe this isn't going to be that, you know, 25 to 30, maybe it's only 15 to 18 pounds a day. If, if even that. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen on this lake. It's just the reason <laughs> for that is, yeah, the reason for that is just because it's got so many fish in it. So yeah. one, even if they're in one stage, one group of fish is in one stage, there's three groups that have already went through that stage. And they already, I mean, I, I just know from the weights that have been coming the last two weekends in local tournaments, they're all mm. mostly offshore guys that are guides and people that fish here a lot that typically are known as offshore anglers and they're you know weighing in 28 pounds last saturday one a big one and then 29 pounds the weekend before and 30 pounds the day before that and so some of them big bags that are coming are already coming out there with fish that are feeding and getting fat again after they spawn probably in march and so you'll you'll see some of that and then you'll also see some of the old postponed skinny ones that are still finishing up spawning like this week probably and then but they probably won't be the ones to be targeting because there's going to be so many other ones out there feeding and ready to eat again and probably a shad spawn going on this mm. coming up in our tournament but they may make them be you know feeding early in the morning like that too so um i mean it, it's it's wide open it's going to be one of the, a great a great one to watch on live stream every day because you're going, you can really see a lot and learn a lot from all these great anglers in that live stream. For nearly 100 years, 
Grundens has built gear you can trust to keep you fishing no matter the weather conditions. With head-to-toe coverage of high-performance outerwear, sportswear, footwear, and much more, it's no wonder Grundens products are backed by some of the bass fishing's most prominent figures, such as Skeet Reese, Randall Tharp, Adrian Avina, and Jonathan Van Dam, just to name a few. Grundens, we are fishing. Yeah, I, I love watching it. It's it's one of those ones like you talk about. You just you do learn a lot of things and see a lot of a lot of stuff that go you know to to go out and apply the next time you try to you know you get a chance to go out and go fishing. Um, you know, looking back at this, I'd, I'd also like to see, and I know a lot of people out there listening right now, or you know, they're going to be listening. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. They would love to know, you know what's your top five for uh, baits for going on this time of year? Cause I mean, we're in that transition part and some days, you know, you, now you guys are on the water all the time. You, you, you know, you have a lot of going on. You're con- you're, you're more in touch with the fish than probably anybody else in the world. You know, that's just the way it is right now because mm-hmm. you guys are fishing so much this time of year, this transition from spring into summer into, you know, they're head, some of them are going to be heading out deep. Some will be up shallow. So, What's your top five baits when you basically head out in the day? You're like, hey, I'm going to tie up. This is what I'm going with. This is my confidence this time of year. Why don't you give us a little bit about that? All right. Let's see if we can narrow them down to five. Because um, <laughs> there's, there's, truly there's seven or eight, but five will probably um, – I'll probably start with, with uh, definitely a big walking bait big i'm a livingston lures guy so i use a walking boss livingston walking boss top water bait and it's always this lake's always got a potential for a big bite on top water this time of year on any time of the day and so i'll keep that on throw it a little bit in the morning if we get a couple clouds roll in never know when you can just pick it up and swing it across the Mm. big flat point because some of those big females that are feeding after they spawn, they'll be roaming around out there just chasing bait. So that top water uh, is going to be one, one I would say. And then uh, probably next would be a good old Cinco, you know, Yamamoto Cinco. It's hard to beat a Cinco for wacky style and what few, what fish that'll be left shallow that are maybe in brim beds, feeding on brim, things like that. The the six inch Cinco is a little bit bigger than five. And that six inch is a really good bait, green pumpkin, purple green color, because it's kind of a mm. brim imitator, wacky style shallow. That's going to be something I have tied on and I'll throw that for sure um, every day, somewhere a few times a day and probably catch some good fish on that, I'm hoping. And then uh, getting out there offshore, uh, the, the schooled up fish that are out there on the, on the river bars, on the shell beds and things like that, it's going to be the cranking bite. And uh, I use a Livingston Deep Impact 18, which is called a DI-18, which is similar to a, a 6XD Strike King type bait, runs 18 to 20 feet deep. Um, that's going to be a good bait to cover water on those ledges. And now with that, the target and sport face sonar, we can see those schools out there on the bars and kind of chase them around. And that crankbait's a good bait to cover. And, uh, and they'll bite the crankbait better in May uh, than, than they will any time of the year. Because May, when they first school up and get out there, that's when they'll chase the crankbait. Then as it gets hotter and more pressure on the lake, uh, more people, you know, then you have to start slowing down and getting a little more finessey with the plastic on the bottom. Yeah. So uh, crankbait and then the other the backup bait out there is going to be uh, – a big 
a big worm like a 775 Yamamoto cuttail worm on a on a big magnum shaky head type deal hmm. uh, and also a drop shot out there with a smaller worm for a little more finesse time if it's slick calm and sunny and hot no water moving you might have to finesse those same fish out there with that drop shot and i use that daiwa yamamoto worm by daiwa it's called a nico crawler it's a small worm on a drop shot and that's a good way even though it's a little bait you can catch seven pounders on it you know hmm. if they're out there they'll bite it so that that's five. I think that's five. That's five. Six, that's five. <laughs> I know that's a hard one sometimes to break down into just five and say, Hey, you know, I can, I know I can do it on this. Um, you know, you did, you did slip a drop shot in there. So that's something that it, it's funny to me because I mean, there's been, I don't know, a lot of money won on a drop shot, a lot of money won on some of these crankbaits is another one mm-hmm. that, you know, sometimes can be a little tougher, um, you know, for people to get bite on a bit on just because they have to dedicate to it. You know, it's kind of like throwing a big swimming. It's like, you got to kind of dedicate to throwing that crankbait and understand yeah. which, how you're supposed to hit it and where you're there. But, I want to throw a, I want to throw a swim bait in that top five too, but I can't <laughs> do it. So, but, but if it's a six, if there's a six man off the bench, that swim bait is going to be the, the one coming off the bench. <laughs> That's going to be it. Um, the, you know, yeah. Is now when you're now when you talk about a swim bait, are you talking about um, like a three inch, a four inch? Uh, you know, are you talking about the big eight, the big the eight inch ones, or what's kind of the what's kind of the key to throwing those things? More the more the for the offshore bite I'm talking about. So the six like a six inch uh, plastic, you know, just a soft plastic swim bait with a you know on a on a big three quarter or one ounce open hook jig head you put them on there you know and throw it out let it sink down on those 20 foot ledges and just reel it slow through those schools of fish and those those big fish will hit that swim bait you know really well but then then also there'll be there'll be some there'll be a lot of people throwing the glide baits and the big swim baits mm-hmm. you know i've got my big livingston byron velvet eight inch uh vipers and six inch vipers that are the great big baits that that i would love to catch some on them and i will <laughs> have them tied on and uh and that's another thing on the active target out there. If you start seeing some of those big fish cruising in singles, you know, coming up off the bottom, roaming around, not really chasing something, and you can get that big glide bait or swim bait over their head, sometimes they'll react and come up and get it. So you'll see a lot of that happening here too, I think. Yeah, that's, um, you know, it's kind of interesting because though, you know, I think the top, except for the first one, the walking boss is a little bigger bait. Um, but the rest of them that you were talking about in there, uh, you know, eh, I guess the cut tail is also a bigger bait, the one you were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. but it was, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. It's like a lot of finessier stuff, a lot of, a lot of more, um, intricate, you know, looking into getting those fish to bite that are, um, you know, was using some smaller baits to do that with this, with this kind of the year coming up. And now you're talking about, um, you know, or this time of year. And now you're talking about some swim baits. So there's a big range of, of what you're talking about, you know, baits that can really work this time of year. Now that's to me, mm-hmm. that's, I like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, so, but are you, yeah. I mean, and always you're going to, when you start picking up those bigger swim baits, you start picking up, you know, Byron Velvet, the bait that you're talking about, those are, you're talking about, you're hoping for a big fish, you know, you're, yeah. You yeah, want your heavy hitter target. fish to come there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. And that's when you can now with the five fish format, you know, on this lake, if you, once you catch 20 pounds on Gunnersville next week, 
20 pounds is going to be a kind of a staple cut uh, a weight that mm-hmm. you need to get to um to, to be safe and feel pretty good about your day but once you get there it gets hard to upgrade from there and it not not hard as it is some lakes but it just gets a little harder because you're going to have all four plus four and a half pounder type fish and you you know you can kill still catch a six and a seven and call out a four and a half but to do that that's not going to be you know shake your head drop shot stuff as much that'd be that's when you can take that gamble a little bit more and feel good about having 20 pounds on the score tracker then you can pick that big eight inch livingston glide bait up and try to mm. you know make some make some highlights as i call it <laughs> <laughs> um you know saying that is and i and i know it's only going to matter per day but you know you got group a you got group b um, you don't know which one you're in yet, but you go out yeah, and you, you know, you know, you find your fish, you get this 20. Is that pretty much what you're putting in your head is, Hey, I, I've got to go get this 20 pounds. I've got to get that. I got to get it nailed down. Um, or is it simply, you know, Hey, there's guy, all, you know, 20 pounds doesn't make the cut. So you got to move up, but do you go into the day thinking, Hey, I, I, 20 pounds is my, that's what I'm shooting for. Yeah, first for sure we we and we know what group we're in already because they they oh. it's a it's done uh, it's done prior to you know from the standings and how it all okay. sets up. So I'm in group A, and then once I'm in group A here, I know the next one I'm gonna be in group B, and then they start it over for the next two events, and it flip flops again. So I am in group A, but uh, you definitely know when you when you go out here next week, my goal. The first two days is going to be to definitely have at least 20 pounds um, both days because we're going to have to make that top, you know, 20 cut out of our 40 man group to move on. And then you lose all that weight and it starts over at zero. So you don't really need to, you don't really have to go out there and try to win that because you don't really get anything for it. You just want to make that top 20 and be as careful as you can by, you know, beating them up too bad. And then, once it starts over the knockout round, now the knockout round is accumulating again for the final day, and it's two more days. So it's a two more day tournament. That's the days you got to hammer down and can't be satisfied with 20 anymore. You got to go for, you know, 25 or better will be a goal after you make it past that initial round. Uh, you know, and that's basically where I was going with that is, is you know, <laughs> you're not out there trying to beat your fish up or anything because this is, this is, I think this is part of the, you know, what makes five fish limits so different or, or so difficult in that way is you really have to monitor your fish. You really have to, you know, how am I going to do this? How am I, you know, I, yeah, I want to get my 20 pounds, but at the same time, I don't want to get 80 fish to do, you know, to go through 80 yeah. fish to try to get that. I want to get this in as efficiently as I can and kind of, and then just pay attention and hope that, you know, 20 pounds is going to be the cut and not 23. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah. now you go to your, what's the last round that they cut the weight? Is it the final day? Do they cut it all on the final day? Uh, now, now it's two days and two days. Like I just said, okay. it's a two day event to make the cut. And then there's a two day event after that. That's the knockout round day. You know, last year, the knockout round was a one day shootout and it started over at zero again, the final day, but then everybody, uh, voted on keeping it as a two-day accumulative kind of knocks the luck factor out where somebody can't just have a catch a 10-pounder on the final day when it's a one-day shootout and win the tournament. You know, now it's got to be two days of weight, which is really the the real more 
fair way to do it. So uh, not as exciting sometimes because one day shootout's great for TV, but overall for what we do for a living, it's better to kind of give a little bit more consistency in there to, to count. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you know, if you come, you, you go into the second day and you, you know, you've already got 20, you know, 21 pounds and you're sitting there going, Hey, this is, you know, I'm sitting in fourth right now. And I know that I can actually make that instead of cutting it back over and like, you know, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, yeah, like you said, for TV, mm-hmm. it, it probably mm-hmm. looks really good when they cut it and go, all right, now you got to do it all over again the next day, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, it, and it's, I like, I like the add adding together weight because that's easy. I do better when it's like that than uh, the other way. Cause even, even right now I've done all year this year, I've led a couple tournaments this year out of the first three, I've led two of them on one mm. day. And, um, and then when we start over at zero and have the knockout round day, I've not had a great knockout round day and end up 21st in Florida, 31st in another one. And then it even the first one out of cuts 41st in, in Tennessee. So, my third days haven't been as great as my first two. So I, I like being able to hold on that weight and let it add up. I just got to get better on that third day. Yeah. Um, you, you know, looking at this um, and everything that you've just talked about it, and there's a couple of things that really stood out to me. And one is, um, you know, you've got how many, do you, do you have just two sons? Yeah. Two boys, 17 and 21. And you've got one of them is already your youngest one, a 17-year-old. He's already fishing yep. at a very high level. No, no, no my 21-year-old's fishing okay. at a high level. Yeah. Okay, so he's up there fishing at a high level. What and and, and then your youngest son has the the basketball. Yeah, he's a basketball player. He's a fisherman for a while. Right now, he's kind of put it on the back burner. He's all basketballing and doing that. So I'm gonna help him do that for a while. Maybe he'll come back around and fish. <laughs> a little later for fun anyway because he was really good at it but but i love basketball too from north carolina so I, yeah. i'm i love playing ball with him and letting him do good in that so that's fun and that's you know and that's but seeing now so there's there's all these younger guys coming up you know there's the jonathan van dams and the alton juniors and and apparently now you're gonna throw your hat in the ring with a kid there and uh you know, how does yep. this, how is this kind of for you watching them with, you know, you've already learned, got a little bit of benefit from having him, you know, understand electronics a little bit more. How does this kind of feel for you, you know, watching, you know, it, it just doesn't feel like that long ago that you guys were the young guns, you know, that, that, that you yeah. were out there and you guys That's were the right. ones coming up, but now you're turning back, you're looking you're stepping back a little bit, looking at it and going, wow, here's all these young kids coming up and you're seeing it. How's it how does it make you feel this to kind of see that this is still going, it's still going on, and fishing is thriving probably more now than it has in a very long time? Yeah, it's it's awesome. And I you know, it's so exciting for me because, you know, I love I love, you know, to see my son Laker wanting to come into it and make a living at it. And he's watched us do it and he's traveled all over the country together with us as we, you know, camped all over the world in campers and motorhomes for <laughs> all those years growing up and he was homeschooled the entire way from yeah. hey, kindergarten through 12th grade by my wife and she's a teacher and my, my other one is in night put him in school in the ninth grade just to play basketball here mostly but so seeing him come around and be able to have the opportunity to make a living because for a long time it wasn't a, a sport that you'd want to 
encourage your kid to try to do because you know what a grind and a struggle it was to make it. And, uh, and it's still a grind and a struggle to make it, but it, but you can make it a lot better now, a lot better odds of making a living at it now than it was, you know, when I started, you know, 30 years ago. So, uh, and seeing with all the, the more tours, more stuff, but with major league fishing and all the broad reach of major league fishing and major league fishing's brought us a way better uh, platform for media, uh, at a lot bigger reach and with, with, their their live stream and all the media platforms they have through the Cronky Sports and Entertainment Group as partnerships there. It just really makes me feel good about encouraging Laker to come on and do it because he can do it, you know, and, and being able to guide and do things like that. So it's, it's great. I, I love it. And it's helping me stay young and sharp and want to be competitive for a long time because of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, because that's that's kind of one of the things I was going to say is it's it's, you know, it's it's interesting to see, um, like you said, that now you can kind of make a living at it because there's. I, I feel like there's a lot more opportunities. Um, you know, you mm-hmm. you were in you were in Bassmaster for a very long time, which was you know was uh, basically it was the epicenter for for bass fishing forever. Um, yeah, finally, it was all we had for a long time. <laughs> yeah, and and finally, some guys came along and said, "Hey, there's just some things that need to change." Um, <laughs> and I think, and I think, you know. Look, I mean, you just came off of, you know, winning the, you're not winning, but winning a check at the heavy hitters, um, you know, and taking home 50,000 there, you got a check for being fourth place. You got, it just seems like people are starting to acknowledge there's a little bit of, you know, this sport has more to offer. Uh, I think, you know, one of the things that I know, you know, this, this past year that we had, you know, we had a pretty thing, bad thing, not in our sport. Technically it was just in fishing in general with the whole weight scandal, you know, guys, you know, loading yeah. up these, these walleyes and, and, you know, no press, you know, bad press is bad press, you know, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it did open a few eyes for people, I think in the general public, because I got, I don't even know how many calls about people, you know, telling me, you know, how did you see this, this scandal? Did you see this thing that these guys yeah. were weighing fish? They were fishing for thirty thousand dollars, and it's like the money-wise, you you know, it's it's who cares? Thirty thousand isn't that. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's good money. Yeah. But it's it, it's, but it's nothing to sneeze about about what these guys are actually doing out here on the Bass Pro Tour. I mean, I already know mm-hmm. two guys that have won and are millionaires. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. Luke Clawson. Uh, you know, he's he's done it. You know, the, 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 there's just so many different things that the, there's out there now that I think, um, you know, is really coming along and seeing yourself be energized and re-energized by what's going on now and seeing this that is uh, to me that's just amazing to to see the places yeah it, it, come to. it is and, I, and that's what i'm so uh excited about is you know i say it all the time you know major i'm not a i'm not an owner i don't have any share or no anything in major league fishing but i truly love you know the format and the and the vision behind you know the tour what boy duckett and gary klein did to kind of bring it to fruition and the whole catch way and release format with conservation taking care of the lake so much better and trying to hopefully grow that that style of fishing catch way release into uh more mainstream tournaments across the board just so we can take care of the lakes better because we've got so many more people fishing our lakes than we used to so you gotta we gotta really be careful to take care of them and manage them better for for everybody and so 
the excitement of just seeing that and being one of the, you know, the pioneers that I, you know, I'm kind of a, a tweener, I say, I'm not an old one and I'm not a young one, but I'm kind of in between. And so I, I know where we came from and I know where we're going and where we're at now too. And, and so I can really be thankful for where we've come from and where we are now. And I, you know, and it's always a chance of getting better little by little every year and, and, you know, purses getting better, uh, uh, more sponsors getting involved with the platform and reaching more people. So, you know, it, it look, it's looking great on major league fishing. I tell you that I, I feel good about it and I'm glad my son's coming along. I hope to see him come up and, you know, get on the Bass Pro Tour because it's the ultimate dream like Alton Jr.'s done with Alton Jones. He, he, you know, Alton Jr. traveled on tour all these years as a kid and I knew him when he was a kid. I watched him grow all the way up and I always said he would come out and be taking my money one day and I didn't really understand it would be as bad as it is this quick because he's already done it, done it really bad, really quick. So uh, I'd love for my son to be able to do the same thing. Yeah, you just basically just want to get some of your money back. <laughs> yeah that's right that's right <laughs> well you know at that point we kind of got to wrap the show up here uh, i've taken enough of your time i really appreciate it um randy you're always a wealth of knowledge you're a great you know ambassador for this sport and i really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to us a little bit about today and just kind of um you know do what you do yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. Appreciate you having a good podcast to get the information out, and for great magazine like Bass Angler Magazine to kind of give the tips and techniques and help people learn how to catch more fish. That's what we all, you know, want to do. That's what our passion is, and I'm glad to be able to represent the sport and be a part of it. Well, again, well, thank you so much. Um, good luck on Gunnersville. Uh, you know, keep focused. <laughs> Don't get too distracted yeah. being at home and all that. But uh, right. have good That's practice right. and and have a good time out there. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you. You win an event. Trust me, my the, your phone's ringing again. So yeah, I mean, if we get right back on here soon and get to talk about how I won Gunnersville, that'd be great. So let's let's plan on that. <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 pencil it in right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. All right, sir. Thank you very much again. And guys, we're going to sign off now. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you really enjoyed the show. Randy's a great guy. And uh, we will catch you on the next one. Talk to you later. <laughs>